This week's episode of the Cincy Shirts Podcast is brought to you by our partners at Gold Star. Check out our entire collection of Gold Star apparel at cincyshirts.com. Click on the Partners tab, drop down and select Gold Star Chili. Gold Star Chili, small batch chili and handcrafted hamburgers. Now, on with the show. This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone. Welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 78. Today on our show, Ronnie Salerno from the Queen City Discovery blog. The, the house I grew up in, in Fairfield, Ohio, was abandoned after we left. Ooh. Um, so out of all the abandoned places I photographed, some I've had personal experiences with when they were alive, some I didn't. This is the one I knew, like, intimately the best. Um, a whole long story as to why, but my, my family moved out, and I had been gone for a few years before that, and it was, like, slated for demolition. Last year, Ronnie joined us to discuss uh, the Cincinnati Comets soccer team from the 1970s, and then we spent some time talking about abandoned stuff. Well, this time, it's all about the abandoned stuff. Malls, theme parks, the ghost ship in Indiana that was in a Madonna video, and more. Be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now, let's talk to Ronnie Salerno about abandoned stuff. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati She came down Cincinnati As I was saying, last time we had you on, it was, um, we talked for a half hour about the Cincinnati Comets. That's right. I forgot. We were talking about Tim Hanlon. And yeah, 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 <laughs> right. Our, our mutual friend, Tim Hanlon, who That's also right. is a, uh, we, our other website sponsored Tim's show. I've heard. Shout out to Tim's show. Uh, good seat's still available. If, if, if you folks like uh, defunct sports teams and leagues, check out Tim's podcast. He always plugs our shirts and everything. So, um, yeah, he does a good, good job with that. And we... Then we spent the second half talking about abandoned Cincinnati stuff. We're going to talk all about abandoned Cincinnati today. And if you want more comments discussions, go back and listen to that episode. I'll uh, tell you the number of the episode on the other side when we finish the interview. And then um, also the Jim Scott interview we did. Uh, Jim came in and for the last 15 nice. minutes talked about the comments. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I'm always. sorry. <laughs> always, yeah. Just, I didn't realize that. You just start, you start chit-chatting, yeah. <laughs> My bad. So, as, I, as I'm complaining about Atlanta traffic. Right, right. No, it's fine. We, we'll, we'll, uh, we won't jump in like from the very beginning. We'll just find a, a comfortable spot to land, Wonderful. and uh, and we'll get rolling. Um, so yeah, we might repeat some things because people might not have heard that episode yet. But how you got? First of all, you you run a blog called Cincinnati Queen City Discovery. Yeah, Queen City Discovery. And how long have you been doing that? Oh, um, this October will be twelve years. Wow. Yeah, twelve years now. Yeah. So how did you get interested? I know you gave us the backstory on how you got interested in defunct sports teams. Did that go hand in hand with abandoned stuff or how, how did this interest in Um I mean, it's, it's kind of related just because it's like it's things that are no longer there, right. I guess. Um, but with abandoned buildings, like, I don't know, it's the best way to describe it. Like, I've always just had an interest in things that, like, are gone mm-hmm. are, or like the remains are still there. Um, not to sound too morbid, but... Um, 
I think as a kid, like you know, my dad had all these books on like stadiums of the world and sports teams, and he loved all like all those sports team stories. Um, he was also really into history. So like the earliest memory I have of like tying into abandoned things is we would come down for Reds games all the time. We lived in Fairfield, north of the city. It would be stuck in 75 on traffic going south. Yeah, we would pass the abandoned subway, like the entrance to it all the time. And uh, he pointed that out. My dad's not originally from here, but he was just fascinated by the history of it. So he'd tell me about, oh, you know, they're building a subway. Then they stopped. There's the tunnels. Like maybe we can take a tour someday. And I've, I've been able to see it several times way into the future. But um, that's kind of where it started. And so I was just kind of obsessed with these things. And then one day, probably 16 or so years old, a long time ago, uh, Surf Cincinnati was this water park north of Cincinnati, uh, up by Forest Park area. Uh, me and some friends had kind of grown up going to it. Um, and me and a guy one day, we just got a kind of got a thing in our heads to go go explore it. And so we went up there. It was abandoned. And we went and photographed it. And I was into photography already and just kind of just kind of hooked from there. And that blew up, didn't it? Because, I mean, if people, a lot of people clicked on that and, and followed. Is that, was that the beginning of the actual blog? So, I, ironically, it, it wasn't. Um, that was just kind of my first, like, stepping into photography of abandoned uh, okay. buildings. And what had happened was it was there. We had photographed it. And I would shoot these things on a digital camera. And I would bring it back and show it to my friends and plug it into the TV and be like, oh, you know, this is where we went this weekend. This is what we went to check out. And a friend of mine, uh, his name is Ben, was like, you know, you should, you should do a website. And there were urban exploration photography wasn't as big at the time, but there were a few websites where people were really into it. I would read about them all the time. Forgotten Ohio was a big one. Oh, yeah, time. yeah. That's a... Um, I don't even know if it's still there. That I think they have some, they have some books too, don't they? Yeah. The guy who ran it wrote some books. Then he would update it like once every five years. And I would always be like, oh, I'll never be like that. And now I'm <laughs> kind of, kind yeah. of like in that same vein. But uh, uh, he just suggested starting a website. So I did. Ironically, I started the website in October 2007. I don't think I got around to writing about Surf Cincinnati until 2010. Oh, wow. Um, but I had gone back several times and photographed it as it was deteriorating. Eventually, it was demolished. So it's been featured on there several times. It's definitely one of the more popular ones. And there's still little bits and pieces of it left if you go there. Isn't there some things you can still see there? I mean, even just little things sticking out of the ground, like supports yeah, and stuff? There, there's a few things you can still see. Now, I wouldn't really recommend going there. It's, I mean, it is someone's property. It's a church um, now, it's a, isn't it? It's a church yeah, yeah. now. Yeah. I thought, but you can easily see them from the parking lot. You don't yeah. have to go trespassing you can, you necessarily. I mean, you exactly, could, yeah. Okay. yeah. You can go walk around the parking lot, um, especially when the leaves are down. On one end, you can see the old go-kart track is still back there in pieces. There's an old oh, bumper okay. boats pool. And then there's, if you really know where to look and you remember it from being there, there's certain parts where you can still see the old concrete path. And you can see, oh. you still see like some of the old storage sheds and things like that. So wh <laughs> where was your dad from? So my dad is originally from New York. Okay. Uh, they lived in Holland for a little bit. They came back to oh. New York. They lived in Texas. Um, and then he moved to Cincinnati. It's weird because I think everyone's who's not from here, like me, their first introduction to abandoned stuff is, of course, the subway. Yeah. <laughs> because you see it on 75. So if you've driven around at all, you see that and you're like, that looks really weird. What is that? What's that tunnel that just goes mysteriously into the street along the side of the, yeah. side of the freeway? It's, uh, it's definitely the most prominent. Um, yeah. I, so, interestingly enough, it's not the most popular article on my website. Um, there's been several that have gotten a little bit more attention, but it's definitely the one I get asked about a lot. It, like, the, I get asked the most about. Um, and it's, yeah, when you're right there off 75, it's, it's easily plain to see. 
Um, and it clearly looks old. Like it's not like a service tunnel or anything. Like it's yeah. got an old funky design to it. And, um, in the story of it, I mean, I feel like there's, I love Cincinnati to death. I, I really do love my hometown, but there's, there's prevailing sentiments and opinions of, oh, you know, Cincinnati doesn't do anything right. Yeah. You know, at one point we were bigger than Chicago and St. Louis. And then we, we doubled down on steamboats because we didn't trust railroads. <laughs> then we doubled down on ferries because we didn't trust bridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, our airports in Kentucky for right or wrong, which yep. I don't think is that big a deal, but a lot of people get offended about. You get upset. Um, we started building a subway. Yeah. And then we didn't finish. I mean, there's two miles of abandoned tunnel yes. beneath the city. So it's fascinating to people. Well, as for the airport thing, and we'll get more to the airport in a bit, it worked out because you couldn't have built an airport that big anywhere in Ohio. Oh, yeah. I and mean, that's the problem. It's on a big plateau out there. They've got dead acres and acres and acres to expand. It's got, I think it has three, it's one of the few airports in North America. I think it has three uh, north-south runways. And not many airports have that, and that's why all the cargo planes are are going out there now because it's it's so you could have you couldn't have done that in Blue Ash. So yeah, I mean you you still might have an international airport, international in yeah. air quotes. Yeah. Um, in Blue Ash, had we developed that as the airport, but it definitely wouldn't be the way CBG is. It wouldn't right. be as big an economic engine. Or if you go out to San Diego, which is this major massive city, you know, their airport has one runway. It's on the peninsula it's there, on the yeah, peninsula. yeah. And it and it's it'd be something more akin to that. It'd yeah. Be, it'd probably be very crowded, not necessarily from air traffic, but just because it's nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go, yeah. So what is the most popular article on the site? Oh, so I meant to, I totally meant to look at this today to see if it's changed at all. But by and large, the one that's more popular than any of them is the ghost ship. Oh yeah, that's right. We discussed that. So let's get people up to speed as it were sure, on the ghost sure. ship. Uh, yeah. So we talked a little bit about it last time. Yeah. Um, but essentially, for years, I had heard rumors of that there was this abandoned boat or ship. I don't know what the, the proper term is. I'm going to refer to it as a ship. This abandoned ship um, somewhere off the Ohio River in northern Kentucky, but like northern Kentucky, not necessarily like Newport, Covington area. Right, right. Um, so I had heard about it. There had been an occasional article about it, but I'd never seen it. And then I come to find out that it's a geocaching site and a lot of kayakers go there. So at the time, I was interning for, for a couple publications. I was still in college. Um, the property owners don't necessarily like people going out there, um, even more so now. We'll get to that in a second. But um, I also didn't own a kayak. So I was able to use some of the credentials I had. The people I was working for didn't want to do it as a story, so I did it as a story for QCD. Um, and you go out there, and there's just this massive abandoned boat ship sitting in a creek. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. It looks neat. It's interesting. Me and a friend drove out there. We photographed it. Uh, we go back. I start putting an article together, and then there's just all this history to it. And there was a WCPO article that kind of laid out that history. And as I delved even deeper, um, I mean, it essentially started as a private yacht. Um, it was commandeered by the Navy during both World Wars. Uh, it's in the background of a Madonna music video. Um, it ended up being used uh, to take people around uh, Liberty Island as a tour boat, part of the Circle Line in New York. And probably the coolest part of its history was it was actually the boat, as far as best as I can tell, it's the ship that Thomas Edison used when he was doing work for the U.S. Navy down in Key West to test different anti-submarine warfare things. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and you went out there, did you get there by kayak? Because I remember you told me that it's on somebody's property who's not keen on people visiting. And if people go by kayak, it's okay. It doesn't really bother anybody. But yeah. if you try to get to it from any other way, someone get mad at you. Yeah, from what I've heard, they're not particularly 
happy about that. Do they own it? Uh, I mean, is it? I, so the, the weird thing is I've heard from the supposed owner of the ship several times. So we published this article in 2013. Um, and I've heard from him several times. We were exchanging emails every now and then, but he didn't live in the United States. And I've heard rumors huh. and I've, I've heard different things, but I don't know where he is or what he's doing with it. I think he knew the original property owners. Whoever owns the property now definitely isn't keen on people coming by there, but they don't own the waterway. So oh. kayakers do go there quite a I bit. I see. Um, the tough thing is, and this is always kind of the ongoing like ethical dilemma with urban exploration photography. So we photographed it. We had permission to be there, verbal permission. We write, we write the article. As I'm doing all this research, like there's all this really cool history behind it. And the Thomas Edison thing really blew up. Well, that article, I guess the best term for it is it went viral, <laughs> air quotes. Um, it blew up. So I think it has more page views than everything else on my website combined. Wow. Um, all over. And it's, I mean, it's been ripped off time and time again. Yeah. There's YouTube videos, there's clickbait, you know, bullshit, all kinds of stuff. But it got huge. And then people wanted to go see it for themselves. And from my understanding, I haven't been back since then, is that people are not too keen okay. on visitors. So it would be like the next, that's the, that's the huge article. What's, what, what are the other popular ones apart from the subway? Uh, so some of the bigger ones... Um, Thunder Island in Indianapolis, which was an abandoned water park out there. Oh, I heard of that uh, one. Where's that? That So that was north of Indianapolis. I can't remember the exact town. I don't believe anything's left of it now. Okay. Um, but that one was kind of innocuous. I don't remember how we heard about it. Hmm. Um, this was me and another photographer who was contributing to the website at the time. Um, so we just drove up one morning, and like it's it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It was very hidden, like kind of deep in the woods, right off the highway, but you had to like walk through this patch of woods to get there. Um, not much of it left. Uh, old school water parks, like concrete slides and a few pools. And I mean, it maybe took a... Oh, like 70s era where it was like... Yeah, like early like 80s, okay. I'd say. When, that, when those things first started like coming to the All Midwest. Right. So we photographed it and walked away from it, put it on the, on the internet. And that one's blown up quite a bit. Uh, Americana, La Swordsville Lake yeah. is a popular one. And then Fun Spot, which was another abandoned amusement park um, out in Angola, Indiana. Okay. That's another popular one. Have you ever been to Chippewa Lake up near Cleveland? I have. Oh. Um, so Chippewa, so there's, I, I used to work at an amusement park, so I, I love abandoned amusement parks. Yes. And Chippewa Lake, that was like, when I was a kid in high school, first reading about these and reading about other people photographing them, Chippewa Lake was a huge one. I had always heard that it was torn down, there wasn't much left. So one winter, me and some friends drove up there, and uh, there's all these houses that line it. Yeah. And some guys saw us with our cameras, because we were trying to walk out. The lake was frozen. And you could we were trying to test, like, could we walk out on the lake and around to the old amusement park? And this guy saw us trying to do that and was like, no, no, you're going to get hurt. Come on over to my house. I'll let you walk through my backyard. <laughs> and we just went. And, like, the iconic wooden roller coaster that everyone yeah. photographed there, that was long gone. Okay. But there were still some remnants there. The old Ferris wheel is there. The Tumblebug Ride, if anyone knows what that is, yeah. that was still there. Uh, but yeah, that's a fascinating place. I think the frame of the dance hall is still there. Yeah, the old dance hall is still there. I think as of a year or two ago, it was still there. It was supposed to have been redeveloped into condos and something, and I guess that fell through. So that there's still stuff there buried in the woods. I mean, it's probably getting more and more overgrown as we speak. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, I mean, there's redevelopment plans, like so many of these places that come up time and time again. Uh, but it's really kind of, it's not really near anything. Um, well, at, uh, 71 crosses, I think it's 322 and then 76 goes into Akron. So it's kind of around stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not really near anything beyond that. 
yeah, I mean, it just kind of, it'd be cool if it was and, still an amusement park. And but. speaking of things that are like uh, the old, uh, whenever I drive by the old Coliseum in Cleveland, which is now just a big flat piece of land, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was going to take a picture of it and think, wow, this was like, it's just hard to imagine that the Cavaliers played there and the Crusaders, speaking of defunct teams, and all the, I saw Duran Duran there and uh, The Cure and all these great concerts there. And, and now it's just, com- not even, is there not like a shell of a building? It's completely gone. It's yeah. flat land. It's now part of, a, of the National Forest. They sold it to the uh, National Forest and that's where it is. Yeah, so I, I had driven by there specifically just to see where the, what was it, the Richland? Richfield, Richfield Coliseum. Coliseum yep. used to be. And it, it's crazy to think that, oh, that was all a sea of parking at one time. Yeah, day. yeah. And yeah, it's kind of, it feels like it's very rural and out there. Like, it is, it is. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, it's only like 10 minutes from my wife's parents' house, which was just recently torn down. Oh, wow. To make way, yeah, she drove by and saw the empty lot there. And it's like, yeah, it's really weird to see her childhood house flattened and uh the, the one neighbor's house is still standing the other neighbors going toward the intersection are gone they, they reckon they're probably going to put a shopping center up there or something or condos so i i can totally totally relate to that the the house i grew up in in fairfield ohio um was abandoned after we left Ooh. um so out of all the abandoned places i photographed some i've had personal experiences with when they were alive some i didn't um this is the one i knew like intimately the best um, whole long story as to why, but my, my family moved out and I had been gone for a few years before that. Um, and it was like slated for demolition. So no fence to climb, no window to go through, literally just walked up and put my key in and photographed it several times empty. Oh, wow. And then, uh, then it was demolished shortly after that. Huh. And now it's just a field. Did, did it look the same? I guess no one had been in it since your parents, so it pretty yeah. looked fairly the same, didn't it? Or not really? Uh, Totally. I mean, like, wow. the wallpaper's still there. Like, I found little remnants of things. I found a, a quarter, like, just randomly laying on the floor. So, like, <laughs> so I keep that. Oh, wow. Um, like, up by the bathrooms, I think I found an old toothbrush. I found an old coffee mug in the kitchen. Man. Um, yeah, it was literally like my family just left. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. It. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was totally like that. Yeah. And I haven't written about this one for the website yet. It's very, like... I don't know how long or involved to make it because I have mm-hmm. such a personal connection to it. But it was at the few times I went there, like sometimes it was really tough to see. Other times it was just like exploring any other abandoned building. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really, really eerie. And it's an empty lot now, you said? Yeah, essentially there was, there was a lot of flooding problems and there was uh-huh. disagreements over whether it should be zoned as a floodplain. And they had torn some houses down after a flood and that ruined everyone's property value. And so everyone had to wait to get their houses bought out. And they essentially demolished half of a subdivision. That's now just a field. Wow. Yeah. There's a, um, again, speaking of the airport, there's a subdivision next to the airport that I discovered by accident. It was supposed to be a huge housing development, but I guess as the airport started getting bigger, uh, it's off of Donaldson, they just stopped building houses. So there's, and there's still two or three houses still in there, I guess, that they tried to buy up, but the people wouldn't leave. And the streets are still named Cessna and uh, American Delta Drive. And nice. yeah, and I, I discovered it right before I stopped working at the airport. And I could still see some of the, there were, there were a couple of abandoned houses. And there's, I think, three houses that are still occupied. And uh, now they've redeveloped. And now there's people who put up new structures. There's a, like storage garages and stuff like that, like businesses have there. But it's, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's right by between GE and then when if you're taking Donaldson from like Erlanger to the airport, taking the back way, it's uh, the one access road runs behind the GE building and then it goes off onto um, kind of uh, from way from Mineola Pike going west from Mineola Pike. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Is there so 
There's no none of the subdivisions left though. Uh, no, like I said, there's two occupied houses. People oh. still live there, and I, I imagine that they tried to buy those people out. Uh, but I don't know if there were a lot of houses there at one time, or it was they started. But they planned out the street names, and it looked like it was going to be a subdivision. And then it was, but it was never to be. I need to go for a drive or a bike ride. There you there. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. Check that out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I still owe you a uh, Concourse C uh, essay and. Terminal oh, 1 yeah. and Terminal 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I, I still kick myself for not taking... Well, you took pictures of Terminal 1, didn't you, when it was... Yeah, Terminal 1, so you've, that's Terminal sorted. 2. Oh, you got both? Okay. Yeah, I think... I think we got both when they were abandoned, or they were closing them down. Yeah. And then we got to go back and photograph Concourse C. Okay, yeah. C, I've got loads of pictures of. Uh, I didn't get to take pictures of Terminal 1. I was dumb. I don't know why I didn't do that. I, I, I guess when I left the airport, uh, I figured, oh, th- th- this will stand for years because the, the uh, airport offices are in Terminal 1. And then I drive by one day to pick up my wife from the airport. It's gone. Oh, yeah. Completely, utterly gone. And they're in the process of tearing down, too. And, of course, now as we speak, it's it's just – there's no more Terminal 3. It's just the Terminal. Just the Terminal. <laughs> it's the Terminal. And it's it's weird to come around that bend now that yeah. we're doing all the parking. Yeah, yeah. But the last time I flew out of there a few months ago, you come around that bend and it's just not – you're just looking at the runway. Yeah. It's super, super weird. Yeah. Um, and I think the airport, like – their story about turning it around has been really, really good. Yes. And there's a lot of great things happening there. And they're kind of consolidating it all. Like it's really the size that it – probably always should have been now right um but yeah it is, it is strange to see like i remember it as a kid was a massive airport yeah and it's literally just gone when i first worked there it was at its busiest it was like the late 90s so terminal one terminal two to all all active the only place that wasn't super busy was concourse a which people if you're flying out of these days would seem weird because that's actually now the busiest part of the airport yeah is uh, concourse a but it was actually the deadest part of the airport back then and uh, yeah, it was just massive. And I was telling my wife, they just announced last month that they have had more passengers go through CBG in, than in the history of the airport. I'm like, I find that hard to believe because when I was there in 2002, 2003, and this is after 9-11, when, when they got back up to the levels they, they should have been, Concourse B was literally shoulder to shoulder every two hours for the push. Yeah, I can't imagine it was it's busier than that, but I, I guess it is. <laughs> so they're saying they've had more go More passengers, now. yeah. Than historically? I wonder if they think through the front door or because this is the other thing. The parking lot now when you go there, it goes all the way to the back. And we, we were flying out and I'm like, this is weird. When I worked here, it, you, you could park, you know, only halfway. And I thought, oh, dummy me. Everybody comes to the front door now. When it was busy when I was there, it was, it was a Delta hub. Everybody came from somewhere else. Nobody flew out of CBG yeah. from here. That's why the parking lot was so small. Everyone was changing planes. So maybe they mean yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if it, if it's they're determining that by where people are originating. It must it maybe they've had more passengers come through the front door and yeah. like take off from there because I, I could see that. I yeah, mean, that's that's great because, marketing because speak. Because B B is still <laughs> a ghost a town. Stat. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think I think you're right. It's some marketing speak there. Yeah, because B is still a ghost town, and I went. Well, I flew out uh, up to Florida a couple months ago to see my dad, and I got there early, and I went to, to B, and man. The tumbleweeds going by on me. Yeah, <laughs> Went to our old store was. Our old store for Hudson News is being used as storage for our competitor. The bar across this hall from us is still there. And it was still not open open, but they were scheduled open later in the day. And I'm like, man, this is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, sometimes it's still sad to see. It is. Especially like the last times I've flown out of there where, where we've ended up is always busier. Or like back in March, I was coming from Seattle, so I transferred in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah. 
And, you know, you get off the plane in Minneapolis and it's just wall-to-wall people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every restaurant's open. Then you land at CVG. Oh, and it was like a crickets. You know, Monday afternoon. <laughs> and, like, you didn't have to wait for the train. It's not crowded. And, yeah, yeah totally, I'm, totally. Did. But they are, they are truly doing some good things. They are. Overall, it's, it's it has turned around. And it's good that they're getting more airlines. And they always said they were going to do, and they did. I think it's funny that they've, they've somehow conned Frisch's into taking over the Max and Irma space on B. Really? And I'm like, did anybody sit here for an afternoon and realize that there's nobody's going to come to the restaurant? There. Unless, yeah. unless though, I think the deal someone told me that I used to work with said that um, if Delta, and this is just, I don't, I don't, this is from some, I heard from somebody I used to work with. If Delta doesn't use those gates every so many days, the airport's allowed to take him over and lease him to somebody else. Interesting. So maybe, and there's still a bunch of airlines out there that could, like, we're always talking, you know, JetBlue's supposed to come here, but. Yeah, I can see it happening happening in time yeah and i mean I, f- I do feel not necessarily bad but it's i've never changed it because it's like everything on the website is i mean you read some stuff from like 2007 2008 it was 18 19 years old it's kind of cringy yeah it's kind of stupid i didn't know yeah. how to write as well as i do now not that i know how to write well now yeah. but the um so i've just left it there because it's a reflection of what was going on at the time and mm-hmm. who i was but the first article we wrote about cvg and we sometimes there's other people involved sometimes it's just me um, I called it the downsizing and dying of CVG, and now it's the airport's not really dying. No, it's thriving. Right. So, I mean, the first time we went there, Terminal One's there, Terminal Two's there, and we had a source who had access to these areas was mm-hmm. able to bring us in. Um, we checked out Terminal One, not being used. There's a couple planes like sitting there. It was like middle of the winter. Some FedEx used to use it. Yeah, there's some FedEx yep. stuff there. Um, very, very interesting. Then you know we're at Terminal Two where we, we were in the old Delta crown room that still had like liquor oh. sitting on the shelf and the, everything's covered in dust and oh, Delta man. wasn't using it anymore. Yeah. And then a few years later, we got to do Concourse C and uh, our source who brought us in, like, we're kind of, I mean, it was really, really weird because airports have such high security. Yeah. We, we get to go in, we go out to Concourse C and I remember as a kid, like, that McDonald's, like, wait, yeah. we're in line. Yeah, we yeah. had to have hash browns. And, packed. Yeah, and now it's just, just, barren yep. and there, there's luggage everywhere because the airport cops will hide things in the luggage and you right. have to train the dogs yep um so yeah that's, that's that's been another popular article on the website it's the the stories about the airport and when we've been able to photograph those uh, i guess another big uh oh, let me ask you a question because we our friend greg martini was here a uh, local musician and i'd even i know he's interested in uh urban archaeology is that was that the same thing are, are our terms the same i know they also call it ruin porn you said last time was a, a phrase for all yeah. this are these all the same things or is urban archaeology something different um i i don't I've never really used that term. I mean, I've used it on the website a few times. I don't want to, like, narrowly define it or anything. Yeah. I, in my opinion, like, urban exploration tends to lean on people who are interested in photographing abandoned places, exploring them, and then, in a lot of cases, writing about them or sharing that experience. Urban archaeology, in my opinion, tends to be someone who might, like, go around a city and you can see this old feature on a building and know what it was. Or you can okay. see the way the windows were on this particular structure, and you know it was a horse barn, mm-hmm. or this used to be a streetcar maintenance facility, things like that. That's kind of how I differentiate the two. I know if you were. If, there's a lot of overlap. If we yeah. discovered it uh, after the last time you were here, this used to be a this half of the Cincy Shore store that we're sitting in used to be a tailor shop. Oh, really? We found that out by accident. It's on our oh. blog. Yeah, this um, someone took a picture of the outside of the store. I had an old picture of the outside of the store, and some uh, it's on the the old Cincinnati Photos Facebook page. Old photos of Cincinnati. Yeah. 
And someone said, what is this? And I said, oh, that's blah, blah, blah. And it went back and forth. And I'm like, that's our store, or half of our store. And we finally tracked down the ancestor, not the ancestor, the family of the people, the, the guy that owned the place. And she came and we have a picture, a half and half picture of her standing in front of the store and her grandfather standing in front of the store. And uh, yeah, oh, this, this is the tail- awesome. these to slaughter chickens in the basement. Wow. Before the, before it was a tailor shop, it was a, uh, a little tiny deli. And this uh, guy used to stand down there in his wife beater and uh, slaughter chickens and throw them in the boiling water. And you don't, you guys don't do that anymore. Not no, not for oh. not for about a few months now. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> yeah. that's we, really cool though. We don't know what the other half of the store was. We haven't been able to track that down. What the what people would know is the main part of the Cincy Shirts Hyde Park store. What you know is the the uh, FC room now and the back room where we record the podcast and store stuff. That was where the tailor shop was. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So we and then the Loveland store used to be a, a Rite Aid. It was a drugstore. It was built in the fifties. Nice. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what the OTR store was. Gotcha. Yeah. We're ch- we, the, the OTR store. I think when when I was here last time, you guys were still on further up on. Main yes. Street. Yes. Yes. And then you guys. How long has it been since you've been in the new location? About a year. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I think we moved in late summer. Very nice. So, yeah, yeah. So, and speaking of shopping, a, a, a popular uh, destination for people that like abandoned things, malls are always a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Malls are, I mean, there's, there's a, a million things you can say about malls and how it ties into economics, politics, mm-hmm. and consumerism. Um, but we in Cincinnati are lucky enough to have one of the most interesting dead yes. malls. Much to their owner's the chagrin. <laughs> Who Much hate to it. Much to their like, I, I will say this, like, I, with my website and the writing I've done and like the freelancing I've done, I've been lucky enough to be to be able to photograph a lot of things with permission, and in the past, just kind of go do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to see something really cool in Cincinnati that's quote-unquote, it's not even, it's, it's a totally own thing, it's not even abandoned, Yeah. Um, just go take a walk around Cincinnati Mills Forest Fair Mall, and Arcade Legacy is there, that place is awesome too. Yeah. But... There's just nothing quite like it. It's like a time capsule, but it's also it pseudo-abandoned. Um, apparently, they don't like it if you take pictures there, uh, but everyone's got a cell phone now. Just yeah. don't be obvious. Um, but yeah, so I grew up down the street from Cincinnati Mills. I worked there. Fair. Oh, yeah. you did? that's right. Sam Goody. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. My wife did, too, at the Oak Tree. Did you guys meet there? No, we did not. Oh. We moved from uh, Cleveland to Cincinnati. And uh, that was the first place she worked when we moved back. She'd worked in town before because she lived with her sister. We moved to Cleveland, got married, and we, she wanted to move back here. So she that was the first place they stuck her when she was working for Oak Tree. I was working for Blockbuster, speaking of abandoned places. <laughs> and then she ended up going to Kenwood, and then I lost my job with Blockbuster, but wound up working for Sam Goody, and then they hired me to work in their video room in the Forest Fair Mall. Wow. Yeah. That's Awesome. There was a Barnes and Noble, I think, across the hall from us. I think, or was it? Was it, what was the other one of the day? Uh, there were two that had some Barnes and Noble. Who was the other big bookstore? Was it Little Professor? N- oh, it might have been Little Professor. That, that's one you always read about on Dead Malls. That um, is, I think it was Little Professor. Yeah. I think about it. it wasn't Barnes and Noble at all. Yeah. So that place, that that mall, like when I was a kid, it had Time Out on the Court. You had the Ferris wheel, the mm-hmm. merry-go-round, the the putt putt, two food courts. Yeah. Um, the movie theater. And it was always like, I, I didn't perceive it as like struggling at all, but it was like, I grew up going to that mall, Tri-County and Northgate. So like, and none of these were like particularly far away from where I yeah. grew up, uh, which speaks to how poor Cincinnati Mills location was. Yeah. Um, 
but then I, I just I do remember like they had added some things on. They added Wonder Park, Bass Pro Shop, Media Play, and that that's even before it became the Mills property. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of it closed down for a long time while they renovated it. And the day it reopened at Cincinnati Mills, like I'll never forget the traffic that was there. Um, I had never seen that parking that parking lot full, and me and some friends from high school were lucky enough to get a parking spot. But they were shuttling people in buses from the Kmart across the street. Weird. And, yeah, because there were so many people there when it reopened. Huh. I, I was like 14 years old, and I remember walking through there and seeing a store. It was just called Bugs, B-U-G-Z, Bugs and Stuff, or something to that effect. And um, I remember thinking, like, how profitable can a pet bug store really be? <laughs> and why is this a tenant in your mall? And they had, like, the as-seen-on-TV store. And you remember those? Yeah, yeah. Like, you guys make awesome shirts, but you remember those really stupid shirts, the big dogs? Yeah, like, yeah. Big dogs stay on the porch, tools of the yeah. trade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had a big dog store there. It's like, how often do you need, like, a last-minute Father's Day? Like, <laughs> and I just, I knew it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. And then, like, you know, then I got out of high school, went away to college, got into photographing abandoned places. In, like, 2009, I just went back there one day to check it out. And me and a friend, like, we used to go to that movie theater. because Well, then they had two movie theaters. Yeah. The Showcase Cinemas there was awesome because it was brand new. And it was empty. No one was ever there. You had a <laughs> movie theater to yourself. And we would just watch it slowly deteriorate. And I wrote an article about it in 2009. Um, got kicked out for taking pictures there um, <laughs> by a security guard on a Segway. And then I've gone back every year since. And I've done several follow-up articles. But it just gets weirder and weirder hmm. and weirder. I haven't been in a while. Oh, you've got to go. Oh, go all right. And take, just take like take an hour to walk around. Because hmm. the Arcade Legacy is in there, um, which is a really cool business, but it's yeah. the only thing in there. And because yeah. where they're physically located in the mall, and I think the only thing that's left is the Coles is there, but the Coles entrance to the mall closed off. Hmm. Bass Pro is there, but it's closed off to the mall. Arcade Legacy, there's a, there's a gym too, yeah. um, down on one end. But Arcade Legacy is right by the food court. So there's no outside entrance. So you have to keep certain parts of the mall open. And I, they're clearly not maintaining it. Like, I was just there early spring. It was hot as hell in there. There's no air conditioning on. Oh, why, man. Why bother? Yeah. I mean, in the winter, it's cold as hell. Huh. And there's nothing but, like, yellow mop buckets all over the place because the roof is leaking in all these places. Huh. And, like, there's no, there's no ghosts going around. But there are the occasional mall walker. Yeah, and people and other people who are curious. It is so cool, huh? Yeah, if you ever want like a cool way to spend an afternoon and see some some weird stuff, first go read the article on QueenCityDiscovery.com. Yes. Then go, then go take a walk around the mall. We need to get a Forest Fair Mall T-shirt sorted. Oh man, I don't think they own that logo anymore. So no, it, I'll, I mean, I'll have it to was, look into that. Hmm. My uh, my former boss called it the Forest Fail Mall. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not wrong. Weird. And now Tri Counties like that. Yeah, so I, I live somewhat near Tri-County now, and I, when I moved from my last apartment, I had to return my cable box, and I was like, oh, where the hell yeah. do this at? And I remember there was a Time Warner store in that mall, or Spectrum, whatever the hell it is now, and um, I went to Tri-County Mall to do that, and you pull into the, the parking garage, the parking garage is filled, because all the used car dealerships and new car dealerships around there rent space to store their cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's just like, there's nothing but new Jake Sweetie Mazda's in there. <laughs> um, then you get in the mall, and the mall is just, it's not as bad as Forest Fair, but it's its like in a different state of decay. Yeah. It's definitely not doing well. Like, 
no offense to any business owners out there, but you know a mall's not doing well when most of the stores in there are selling like dragon statues and swords. Yeah, like that's not well, the sign. Well, of... we, what my my daughter's and I call made up stores. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Eastgate's got a bunch of those. Yeah, it's like when you take over someone else's space and you don't remodel it, you have a made up store, sir. Yeah, and uh, Eastgate's a strange one because the whole Sears wing is pretty empty. The rest of the mall is doing okay, and they do have some big tenants. They got H and M to take a bunch of spaces, uh, and but then the other end, going down where the old Dillard's is, that's you know, a little creaky. But uh, so that's kind of like I say it's probably seventy five percent full. I think I mentioned this on the last episode you were on is that the old Music Land store is still there, still empty, still looks like a Music Land that just left. Really? Yeah, and I just just there the yeah. and I took a picture of her for my friend in uh, who lives in Washington or she lived from Washington. She lives in Los Angeles now with her husband. I uh, sent her a picture of it and said, "This is a Music Land by my house," and she's like, "Oh my god, those pillars!" Because the, even the pillars had that uh, mounting where you could. Mount the with like slat walls, what you call it. You can mount yeah, all the. It's yeah. still there. It still looks like Music Land. Wow, see that's like a that's a cool little time capsule. Yeah, and it's, hopefully they will never change it because I can always go back and go. That's what it looked like when we yeah. Music Land. Now it's a piece of history. It is. It is. Well, and like the, these malls, like I, I worked in Kenwood for a long time, and Kenwood is, I mean, it's the premier mall in the area. Mm-hmm. It's doing just fine. It's got, but it, it speaks to how economics are, have changed and consumer tastes have changed. I mean, people were building malls all the time because they thought that's what people wanted, but they're truly not sustainable. And Forest Fair Mall is a terrible example because it was always a bad idea from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Terrible location, way too big. Yep. Um, Between two existing malls. Yeah, between two relatively successful malls, and then even Kenwood's not that far away. Right. But now we see all these lifestyle centers, and and it cracks me up because, not that I'm like an expert on, on urban planning or development, but now you've got Liberty Center out there. And Liberty Center is, uh, that's right off 75 and 129. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very cool. It's very different. They've got like programmable space. They do, there's like a holiday parade. And like, I, we, my friends and I joke, it's a city for people who hate cities. <laughs> you can drive to it and yeah. pretend you're walking on urban streets. Yeah. There's some good food and stuff there. But like, that's what the streets of Westchester was supposed to be. And that got half built. Then that's what Bridgewater Falls was going to be. And then that got scaled down. And then now that's what Liberty Center is going to be. So it all just kind of cannibalizes it yeah. like itself. And like, so when Liberty Center starts to downturn, what's going to be the next one? And if you go up to Columbus, there's an area called the Continent. Oh, yeah. Like, if you want to see what Liberty I always Center is. St- I always want to stop oh, there and see what, what it looks like now. Absolutely, fa- absolutely fascinating. Oh, got to do it. So it's literally like if you took Liberty Center, removed all the people, <laughs> and had some like ramshackle apartments, um, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the continent is the original lifestyle center in Ohio. Um, yeah. I think it opened pre, in the Pre-Eastern, by the way. Yeah, pre-Eastern, pre-Polaris. I think it might even be mid-80s because – I think you're right. I think it's yeah. late 70s is when it opened. Yeah. Um, and it was truly, quote, unquote, a revolutionary idea. Everyone's building malls. These folks designed the first lifestyle center. Yeah. At least in like this Midwestern region. Yeah. And yeah. – um, yeah, and it's just kind of sad. I mean, it's all built with cheap materials, so it hasn't held up. Yeah. Um, there's a few restaurants and clubs in there, but there was not, a um, a big common area that you would walk into that things were all around, and then uh, there was there's a hotel was part of it, and then there's apartments that are part of it. Yeah. And if you drive up the 71, even to this day, past the soccer stadium, if you're going toward Cleveland, you can still see the faded purple continent sign. Yeah. It's still there. And they, the apartments are still open. Yeah. Uh, pe- people live there. And like, I, what's funny is like, I, I'm not from Columbus, so I had no personal connection to it. Me and a friend just went to yeah. just yeah, to go exactly. check it out. 
the apartments like range like they're not necessarily bad apartments you get a lot of space for not a lot of money but like the common complaints i see is that the, the maintenance is terrible uh, and that there's no one really keeping them up but it's just it's really weird to walk through this kind of vacant space yeah and then all of a sudden someone's just walking by you with groceries <laughs> um, and it's all meant to look like the french quarter yeah quote, quote, right yeah yeah Orleans. yeah i don't think it looks like that at all yeah but um yeah it's that's that's what i i wonder is like a liberty center and it might sound like a heretic to say it because uh, it's very successful right now. Yeah. Is that what that becomes in 20 years when the next lifestyle center opens? Or something, yeah, or there's no more outdoor oh, yeah. shopping or, at or all. The trends yeah. change. I mean, yeah. what's really weird is the opposite of abandoned stuff is Polaris. When my wife and I got married, I, th- I think they had just put the actual Polaris exit in because the amphitheater was there. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, but that was it. That was all that was there. And it was, I guess they named it Polaris because of the amphitheater and the road. And there was an exit. That was it. There was no mall. There was no Gemini Boulevard. And now the amphitheater is, uh, of course, Ikea. And yeah. the amphitheater is long gone. And I've, that's probably something you can find. You can still find little bits and pieces of it. If There's a little, um, there's a little shopping center with a couple of restaurants in it uh, going away from the mall. And it's the old access road to get to the back. It's the back exit of the amphitheater. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think, I mean, every city is different. Right. But I think it's it's coming down to the point now, like Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus all have similar population sizes. They're yep. all you know, mid-tier American cities. But now we've gotten to the point with retail where there's really, everything's kind of, con- like the successful retail seems to be concentrated around like one cluster. Or it's like, I don't know. Like Polaris works really well, even in like yeah. having some traditional mall space. If a place has an has an Apple store in it, you know that mall's sticking around for a long time. Yeah. Um, Tri County, Eastgate, Northgate don't have an Apple store. Never will. Florence is probably when when I worked at the Apple well, store. Speaking of a place that's in trouble. Whew. Yeah, and I so I've truthfully never been to the Florence Mall, but everyone used to talk like these we're, customers were at the Apple store, and they'd say like, "Well, when when is the Florence Mall going to get one?" Yeah. I was like, if they're not putting one in, yeah, <laughs> not a good sign that that mall's in good shape. Yeah, that's that's another one where it's just everything is just just gone. Because um, I used to work there, that was packed back in the day, even with all of the stuff around it. But slowly, stuff has kind of just dwindled out of there to where it's you know just a a, a shell now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Let's um, go down and check that one out. Yeah, it's um, I was going to say about uh, my train of thought was on shopping centers. Um, oh, I can't remember now. Do you, well, I'm thinking, though, did you ever make it up to the one I recommended to you in Garfield Heights, Ohio? So I still have it on. I have a map of places <laughs> I want to photograph, not just abandoned places, but just interesting things. So I, I do a lot of driving throughout the state of Ohio, yeah. um, and I unfortunately have not made it there yet. As far as I know, it's I've still there. The we, we drove by it uh, when we were up in Cleveland last time, and my daughter's like, isn't that the one that we went to? Where I'm, yeah, like weirdly the grocery store is hanging on, but everybody else left because it's built on a dump, a toxic dump. <laughs> and, Wasn't uh, there a Circuit City there? I think so, and there was a, Walmart was the first one to leave because oh, something, something, sign. something. Yeah, exactly. Something was leaking, and the road that it's off of dead ends. It was supposed to go into the city of Garfield Heights and connect 480, which is the big interstate that goes east to west across southern Cleveland, uh, to Garfield Heights, and people were going to go from Garfield Heights and shop there. And of course, that never worked out. So it's kind of interesting to see. You know, the they built the shopping center, but then the road just kind of just dead ends. It's kind of like that show, The Society, on Netflix, where it just yeah. it just ends. <laughs> Everything the, there. the tracks end, the road ends, everything's gone. That's yeah. interesting. I'll yeah, to, yeah, I've, I've got it on my map and my list, so I go to Cleveland quite often. So hopefully, I'll get to check that out. 
And that, that's like one of the things that the website has kind of changed over time because you can only do so many abandoned buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's a section on the website that's all about abandoned suburban things. Like you can't really repurpose a, a Wendy's. Oh, yeah, yeah. People get creative with it. Yeah. But we, we've done things from like, you know, here's all these abandoned amusement parks and we've gone through all these historic abandoned buildings in Detroit to one night a friend and I just got bored and we were like, let's go find where all the circuit cities used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, so, a website, I think. like that. There's a Facebook page my daughter follows called This Used to Be a Pizza Hut. Yeah, Used to Be a Pizza Hut is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great website. Um, One of our most popular shirts, of course, is Antigo. And even in the area now, uh, there are still a couple of uh, talk. There's one Taco Bell. I think the one on Glenway, they might have remodeled it by now, is actually an old Zantigo. There's uh, an empty Zantigo, I think, in Hamilton that it used to be a Chinese restaurant, maybe a closed, and now it's something else. But those are still out there, too. So it's always interesting because I always try to guess what things were. Yeah. And it's weird how easily you forget because you, you'll go by like this Brio and you'll go by and all that. <laughs> and then it's gone and you're like, wait, what did that used to be? Yeah. Yeah. My, so my fiance and I always joke about that all the time. Like we go into a restaurant and she's more concerned of like, you know, okay, let's get in line. Let's get food. What are we doing? And my first thought is, what, what did this used to be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, with suburban stuff, it's, it gets really weird because like up off the streets of Westchester – there's an abandoned Champs sports bar or whatever the hell that was. Yeah. And then they opened a Chewy's next to it. But instead of using the old Champs and renovating it, they just built a new – everything's got purpose-built buildings now. Yeah. And so, like, when things get abandoned and repurposed, you can clearly tell what some of them used to be. And used to be a Pizza Hut is just fascinating. I mean, there's Pizza Huts, old Pizza Huts that are now strip clubs, um, that are still restaurants, that are doctor's offices. Like, yeah. And they're so distinct. And there's not there's a few around Cincinnati. There's a couple skylines actually. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, those are like I like to go to those places not because the food's good. Right. The skyline's good, but like anytime I see one of those, like I just gotta see. In Walnut Hills, pizzas left. Taco Casa is the old skyline, and next door is the new skyline. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So there's one right there. <laughs> well, and then even right down the street from there, you've got uh, what used to be a Frisch's, and is now oh yeah. Uh, is it Parkside? Parkside Cafe. Yeah, and the place is fantastic. I like it better yeah. than Frisch's. But they still have a breakfast bar. Yeah. They have like their knockoff version of the big boy. And if you pull through the drive through to do a pickup order, it still has all the old Frisch's branding on it. So it's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like we used to joke because we used to live down the street. We used to call it, you know, used to be a Frisch's. Um, and that place is great. Uh, another great place for a, a band, as I was going to say before, is uh, Dayton area and Kettering. Uh, there's one shopping center that actually did turn things around. And I can't remember what it's officially called now. Um, the name escapes me, but people up in Dayton will know. Uh, they're screaming at their electronic devices. <laughs> it was uh, it was built in the 50s, and then it. when we first discovered it, we discovered it by accident. We were just in the area shopping, and we saw it, and it was everything was gone. They tried to put a facing on it, so it turned it into a mall. So it only had, like, the only one side of it is stores. The rest is just the, the wall of it. And there was just uh, a couple of stores in it. And if you went to the center of it, you could see the old off. They had old pictures of it in its heyday. And now they've turned it around. And there's a big bookstore there. And uh, there's, I think, a Pier 1 there. I think all the spaces are filled. There's a Trader Joe's there. The Green? Uh, uh, No, not the Green. It's down the street from the Green. I can't remember what the name of it. Why can't I think of the name of it? It's a town and country. 
Ah, okay. The old town and country, and you can they still have the old pictures up of it of what it used to look like. But boy, I think this must have been like the late '90s, early 2000s. It was in horrible shape, and now they've turned it completely around. And there's the wow. outlots are filled. There's a big nice pizza place out on the uh, outlot. There's a Panera in the outlot, and yeah. Well, so sometimes. Sometimes it, rev- yeah, and that's the interesting well, thing. And Dayton's interesting. Now I don't know Dayton as well as I know Cincinnati, but you've got like the Green, their lifestyle center. Which yeah. Is like, the first one between Cincinnati and Dayton, and that's held on really well. Yeah. That's done well, really well over time. Whereas I think places like Liberty Center may struggle because there's a lot of competition. But the green is, I mean, it spun off some like success down the road. So I think there are places that can do well. Um, but if they become abandoned, then I'm happy to go photograph them and, and check it out. So what kind of abandoned places are you looking to explore now? What what, what most excites you? Because I get probably a little bored with malls, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, I with mean, hospitals, old airports, or... I, honestly, now it's like, so th- things have changed a lot. Like, uh, I don't have as much free time as I used to. Um, and that's not just free time to go photograph things, but to write about it and, mm-hmm. like, and things like that. So I, I just don't have enough as much time as I used to. And, like, in, an interest change. So now I've gotten really into shooting with film, and I'm, I'm on the road a lot. So I've gotten into photographing, like, roadside things and roadside development. As far as abandoned stuff, now it's, it's just kind of the more basic things. Old buildings in Cincinnati are always really cool. Um, if I have the opportunity to travel somewhere and, and see something truly unique, I, I'll always take it. Um, but like something I photographed recently that I really enjoyed, even though it's so kind of basic, was there was a Taco Bell right by Lockland, right where they're doing all that highway work. Oh, yeah. Um, an abandoned Taco Bell. And I didn't get inside it, but all the lights were left on and all the chairs oh. were still stacked up. And the inside of it was still that like early 2000s color scheme. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just sitting there. And I think those are very interesting because now, like, the the quote-unquote ruin porn has been done to death. Yeah. So many people have photographed that, especially in, in Detroit and Gary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now we, we have to start looking at things as, like, as people get more and more into the cities and they're, they're moving back to the city, they're spending their time there, they're spending their money there for food and retail and entertainment, you've got all this suburban development that really doesn't have a whole other use. Um, like that Taco Bell, like... It can only be a Taco Bell or a, small, or a small restaurant. No yeah. one's going to renovate that into a home. It's no. not going to become like a, a bougie condo. <laughs> uh, it's going to get demolished. So, yeah, those, those are the things I keep my eye out for now. There's a neat thing in Lachlan. It's not a, abandoned. It's actually being used as a daycare center now. But there was a, a chain of restaurants in the early 60s called the Golden Point. And they were they were on fire for like two years. They were building them everywhere. There was one in my hometown. And then they just went away. And the really? one of the one in Lachlan, uh, Kitty Corner from the back of the high school, is still a daycare. And you can still still tell it was a Golden Point restaurant. Really? Yeah, it's one of the few ones that are still standing. That's awesome. The one in my hometown was torn down years ago. Interesting. Yeah. And, well, the fast food ones crack me up because a lot, like a lot of times, they become other right other other restaurants. Yeah. And a lot of times they get better. Like up by where I live near Forest Park, there's an old Burger King that's now Taco Loco Number Two. And I will gladly eat tacos from there oh. way before I ever eat Burger King. Um, so now it's this great, it's owned by a local family. It's this nice little cool restaurant. It's very like, I love, I went in there at first because it's like, oh, it's an old Burger King. Like, let's go see what it's like. And it looks like a Burger King from 1994, which is the best part. Oh, nice. But the food is fantastic. So what what else is on the website that people can, that would be, be interested to people, you think? Um, so, I mean, right now we've got all the, 
all the abandoned stuff from over the years, the subway, the airport, the ghost ship, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, Suburbia Lost is documentation of kind of that suburban abandonment. I wrote a book a few years ago on fading advertisements or what people call oh, ghost, yeah, yeah. People call ghost signs. Right. Um, so there's, there's a lot of those on the website. Um, I do a lot of road trips um, throughout the Midwest. Um, so if you like roadside Americana and like that's where I still see a lot of abandoned things now. Um, there's a lot of that. And yeah, every few months, like all the all the random pictures I take, like when I'm downtown or traveling, that goes up as well. So if you like photography and stories and you're really bored, <laughs> come check it out. Do you still like find things in the area that surprise you? Like, like I never noticed that, or did, or maybe just didn't travel to that part of town. People say, "Hey, there's the thing you ought to go check out." One of the things that's fascinating to me. It's not really an abandoned thing, but what I like to call random graveyards. Yeah. There's one uh, at Sharon Road and seven and two seventy five by the Shell Station. Maybe a dozen graves. There's one before exactly before thirty two splits going into Newtown, coming from Eastgate. There's a little. Another, another maybe just 12 dozen headstones there uh looks like it's really old there's just there's just random cemeteries all over town and and uh, there was one on the west side i saw and i was doing a trivia gig it looks like a church used to be there but it's next to this bar there's this i don't know maybe there's 20 30 headstones there but there's no wow. there's no church around or anything it's just a graveyard in the middle of the west side yeah <laughs> it's the weirdest thing there's there's definitely still stuff that surprises me um and i got i'm not you know, I don't have a big enough ego to think like I know it all or I've seen it all, but there's, there's a lot of stuff I do know about. And so every now and then I'll find out something that, about a place like that. I'm just walking by and have no idea, like never knew. So like randomly, my, my sister got married, the hotel, everyone was staying. It was at the revolving restaurant in Covington. Mm-hmm. And I love like weird things like that. Like the trend of revolving restaurants. Yeah. So I, I shot some quick photos and did this little like article on, Oh, revolving restaurants. Like the, that trend came and went, we were lucky to still have one. Um, turns out the Millennium Hotel that everybody wants to see knocked down now, that had a revolving restaurant at the top. Oh. And it was oh, yeah. by we... Stouffer's, of all people. I think uh, Pat Berry was talking about that when yeah. he was here. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really wanted to go up there because they, have, they haven't used that room or that restaurant up there in decades. Um, I've never been able to get anyone. So if anyone out there has access to the Millennium Hotel and wants to let me write an article and come in. Uh, I would love to go to the top and photograph your old revolving restaurant. Oh, man. Uh, but I look up at the tower all the time, and it's like, I never knew that was a revolving restaurant up there. Wow. I, I forgot that's where that was. Um, the one in Covington is atop the round hotel that's off the... The Radisson. There used yeah. to be the... I think it was a quality in years ago. Yeah. In WKRP, it is in a, the apartment building where Jennifer Marlowe gets her fancy apartment. <laughs> yes, it is. And even back then as a kid, I, from driving to Florida, I'm like, that's not a, that's a hotel. I'm pretty sure that's a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Things like that. I, there, there's still these little surprising things here and there. And like, and I, I still love local history. I just, I, I wish that was like my full-time job. Yeah, to yeah. Just write about those things. But I got to pick and choose. Do you have interest to kind of like in the related thing, like like talking about the beginning when you first got here about how we we went down to Atlanta to look at all the Stranger Things locations, and do you have interest in kind of and stuff like that, or where TV shows were shot and things like that? Uh, definitely Who's, an interest in it. I, I, I for years I've wanted to do an article about like, the the movie Airborne. I love that movie. Uh, in my opinion, it's the greatest movie ever made. Because <laughs> um, when I was you know, seven years old and saw it on TV, it made Cincinnati look so cool. But I remember watching it with my dad and him pointing out, like, well, those hills don't connect. Oh, and, like, yeah. When they're doing the big chase at the end. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't work. That hill's in Kentucky. That one's over in off 275. So I wanted to go find all those filming locations. Uh, but that's super time intensive. Yeah. Um, and I think 
someone might have done that by now. Yeah. Um, but I am interested in those things. I just don't. I haven't really written about those kind of pop culture references. In Rain Man, they're uh, they're just he, they finally decide they're going to fly to California, and uh, they're going down the Columbia Parkway, but they're going the wrong way to go to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> unless t- unless you can go all the way to California, California, Ohio, that is, and get on the freeway at, there by the casino and drive to the airport that way. But he's already on the parkway. You probably just want to go downtown, Tom, yeah. and go there. Yeah, it's interesting. Those are kind of little time capsules of things, aren't they? Because, the air- again, the airport is in there, the old tunnel between Terminal 1 and Terminal 2. The old tunnel, not the diagonal one they built in the 90s, is still there. And that's where he has the argument with uh, Dustin Hoffman about yeah. flying Qantas. And, yeah, and so that, and that's long gone. Yeah, there's. It, it's interesting too, because like even with some of them that aren't that old. What was that one with George Clooney, where he's the politician? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Ides of March. Yeah. There's some shots you see of there where they're in like suburban Cincinnati or even downtown, and then just the development's changed. And I mean that movie's seven years old. Yeah. Um, how much of that has changed? Quite quite a bit. But yeah, I do love like pointing out the little inconsistencies. What that terrible movie with Bruce Willis that was filmed here. Um, that was like straight to video on demand. I can't remember what it's called. It's really, really bad. It's a crime thriller. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I know you're there's there's a scene where like the cops are staking out the bad guy. And they watch him make a call. And the, the supposed hideout, this rundown building, like auto garage he's in, is now Queen City Radio. And I think when they filmed it, the bar was undergoing renovation. So it still looked kind of rough. Uh. So you see him like walking around the outside. It's like, oh, man, he must be in a real bad part of town. <laughs> now you can't get in there on a Friday or Saturday night. Like... <laughs> It's, it's, That's so those, funny. Those are always really, really interesting. And abandoned sports. Do you, I know you did that article about the comets that got the attention of our friend Tim Hanlon. Do you have any way to to flex that muscle? Uh, yeah, every every now and then. Um, so the comets one was a big deal that we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been fascinated by the story of the Cincinnati Stingers. Yes. Um, so I've written about them several times, and uh, I love Tim's podcast. Tim had. The guy who used to own the Hartford Whalers on. Yes. And, and he, he gave so much more detail than I'd ever heard before about how close Cincinnati was. Yeah, yeah. So I used that as an excuse to, A, plug Tim's show. Right. And B, write about the Stingers again. Um, if I write about any other sports team, I would really love to look into two things. One, the Cincinnati Royals. Um, why did they leave? Yeah. Um, why did we lose our NBA team? Especially when our arena was just around the corner. Yeah. So we could have kept them. And then B... There were rumors of us getting an ABA team after they left, like very close to getting an ABA team. Could we have turned that into an NBA team? I think the Colonels were going to move here. Well, and that's there's, that was there's a lot of old articles that hinted yeah. that the Kentucky Colonels played a lot of exhibition games at the Coliseum yep. when the Stingers were there. And they're, they're like one of the two ABA teams that got left out of the merger. Yes. They were super successful, yeah. uh, but they were playing between Louisville and Lexington and doing all kinds of weird stuff. Why couldn't we have brought them and yeah. had an NBA team? And those those kind of things, like what Cincinnati could have had, have always fascinated me. Um, Like, you know, we could have had a subway. We could have kept our streetcar system. Uh, We could have built the Roman Bridge in a better spot so it doesn't misalign. Like, there's these little, like, historical footnotes. And there's this huge community. Like, I am not the only person to write about these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a huge, I mean, your own blog. Like, there's there's tons of people in Cincinnati that appreciate that history. Yeah, and old, old photograph Cincinnati, I recommend to people on Facebook. Yeah, it's yeah. a good good Facebook group. A lot of arguing, but <laughs> a lot of arguing. He, he's he's uh, you have to pass a little test, I think, to to get onto the the page. I, but I think you do. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's a lot of fun. Well, cool, man. So it's Queen City Discovery. Dot com. Yeah, that that works. Simple yeah. as that. All right. Anything else you want to plug? Um, 
I mean, no, not really. I, the only thing I've got going on the website, I mean, still got the occasional abandoned article. Um, got a few things coming out over the next few months, doing a lot of road tripping stuff, shooting with film. Um, so that's kind of the ongoing projects. Um, yeah, go check it out. I hope you enjoy it. And people can su- send you suggestions via the website. Yeah, you, they, you, yeah. you most certainly can. Um, I, I'm usually very good about responding to emails and comments on the website. Um, it's just a matter of if I have time to get around to things. I've got a... I mean, I could pull out my iPad here. I have I have a folder of here's what I'm working on. Yep. It's like been going on for a year. And another folder that's called just maybe someday question mark <laughs> that is just filled with ideas and suggestions. And, and how many things are on your map that you were saying that like the one that's got that shopping center and Garfield oh, Heights? Um, easily, easily a couple hundred. Wow. Um, and that's another friend collaborated with me on that. And that's like all kinds of things from like here's a cool abandoned shopping center to go see to here's this cool old roadside statue. Um, just things. So like when I'm driving up and down the state a lot, and it could be like cool tourist attractions, like, um, root beer stands, things like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, it's nice. Just like, Oh, I'm going to pull off this exit and get gas. Let's see what's near here. And then like, I, I think it takes like four and a half hours to drive to Cleveland. Yep. I like to give myself about eight. Because <laughs> nice. I'm going to wander. And my fiance can attest to it. She, she has put up with me a lot of times on road trips. So I'm like, we need to go 30 miles this way to go check out this abandoned drive-in yeah, I think things like that. Just my daughter and I are the only ones that are interested in, in that kind of stuff. The whole family enjoyed the Stranger Things tour of Atlanta, <laughs> which I recommend. But uh, it's only Hannah and I that really enjoy because someday we're going to make our trip to Chippewa Lake. And nice. uh, she always sends me links to stuff about abandoned stuff. And uh, we need to check out the continent. Although I think, yeah, she went there. We took her there once when my uh, wife and mother-in-law used to meet there from Cleveland and Cincinnati. They'd meet at the continent. Because the continent was a big deal, man. It was cool. Yeah. Nothing like it. <laughs> well, and when I wrote the article on the continent, it was it was so interesting getting these comments from co- people in Columbus. Yeah, and it's like, and it's the same thing with Cincinnati. People love sure. history, and they they're proud of their town, and they they're sharing all these memories. And it's like this is a place I never experienced. Yeah, but it is. It's amazing how similar the story was to like Forest Fair Mall, and you can repeat that story to almost any major city. It's funny, isn't it weird though? How now that we've gotten older, is that you can you know remember this? It's one thing seeing something that was like it was this was a roller rink and the fit like the, the U-Haul building in on Beachmont and uh, uh, Anderson was a roller rink in yeah. the '70s. I didn't live here, so but now I have to go through and be like and go to Anderson Town Center and be like, this was actually a mall. And if you stand right here, this is where the fountain was. You know, if you're in the middle of the parking lot, I can tell you almost exactly where that fountain was in the middle of that mall or where other stuff was. It's kind of weird to look at it through that lens. It, it really is. And the thing that has always surprised me about that is, A, people love to tell you things like that. Yeah. For their hope, whether it's their own little local neighborhood or, or their city. But like, we as a nation are not very old. And even like we're, we're talking about things like, oh, this is where this mall fountain used to be. We're not talking like a long time ago. No. Like you can go 15 to Fort, years? Yeah. You can go to Forest Fair Mall and it's not like, oh... This is where my grandfather <laughs> right. you know, worked at the Sam Goody. It's like, no, like, I worked there. Yeah. You worked there. Yeah. Like, I, I worked at this amusement park there. It's it's just, it, it's crazy. I mean, there's you, you go to Coney Island, you'll still run into people who are like, oh, yeah, I ro- used to ride the shooting star right there. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. Well, I'm going to get drunk and watch Def Leppard. A real funny thing. I would never do. <laughs> Def Leppard. Uh, when the beach was in trouble, uh, my daughter was like, I can't wait for that to be abandoned so we can go explore it. So She's I, like waiting for stuff to become abandoned. I had the opportunity to photograph that the one year it was abandoned. Oh, okay. Um, then it came back. Yeah. And the beach is really interesting because you have Kings Island on the other side, yep. which is massive, very successful park. And yeah. the beach is like its own quiet little thing. Yeah. But I do wonder, like, as the amusement industry changes, like, are the days numbered up there? Um, like how much longer? I mean, 
You yeah. still have Great Wolf Lodge that does very well. Mm -hmm. But if you go down 75, the Splash Cincinnati, which used to be Coco Key, another indoor water park resort, currently shuttered. Like, like to your point, the, these development changes and these abandonment changes, we're not talking centuries. Yeah. Like, these aren't ancient ruins. No. But... Yeah. The Kings Island area. I still remember when the College Football Hall of Fame was there. It left right after we moved here. Yeah. You can still see bits of the stadium. The uh, the where the building was is now just a big pile of dirt uh, across kind of across from the uh, McDonald's sort of. Uh, there's a random graveyard in the parking lot. Now everybody sees it because now that they reconfigured the entrance, you have to drive by the random right graveyard. By. Yeah. So now you can see that. And then um, if you watch the Partridge family visiting Kings Island. Uh, Johnny Bench has a cameo. He's a waiter by the pool. The and there's a shot. Tour. Yeah, you can see the exit, uh, not the exit coming from Cincinnati, but the next exit up the road uh, that goes into, I guess, goes into Westchester maybe. But uh, you can see there's nothing at that exit. It's just a, yeah. There's a car getting off, and there's just nothingness. Nothing there. Yeah, so another little time capsule there for, for people to look at. Yeah, and it's all recent history, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the most fascinating thing. I've the ever. sign is still up for the Kings Island Resort. It is. And yeah. That, that was another place I, I was able to see and cover uh, a couple times. And uh, the gentleman who was, like, caretaking that property, uh, we had done a quick article on it during its closing weekend, and he's like, come out before they demolish it. And mm. the, the day we're out there, like, they're literally ripping into it. And uh, knocking it down. And and that's my, a fascinating story too. When my daughter was in high school, there was a there's a restaurant that's still there down the street from the Belterra racetrack. Uh, this restaurant had a little hotel next to it, and that's where the jockeys would stay. And it was oh, wow. abandoned for a while. And my daughter and her friend said, "We're going to go back next week and uh, we'll photograph it." And they went back. They were still rebuilding the restaurant, so they said, "Oh no, it'll probably bother us." So they went back there, flattened, gone, <laughs> gone. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, lesson to be learned, kids: <laughs> if you see something you want to photograph or you want to take some pictures, yeah, uh, yeah do that and be Get careful. It before it's gone, yeah, yeah, and be safe and don't, yeah. don't be stupid. Exactly. So we're up to the point where you need to pick a uh, coupon code. I don't know. Uh, don't know what you picked last time. I think last time we picked Forest Fair. Oh, did we? Okay. So yeah. you remember better than I do. All right. So uh, as usual, kids, uh, you'll be able to use this to take 20% uh, off your old school shirts or cincyshirts.com order. And old school, we have all kinds of, a, if you're not from around these parts and you just like a band, we have all kinds of the things we talked about, the Coliseum. We have a t-shirt for that up in Cleveland and all kinds of great stuff in the defunct sports teams. But um, yeah, uh, you go ahead and pick a discount code for the folks. I should have been thinking about this before. I, um, <laughs> I don't want to sway the jury, but let's go. Let's go with uh, Suburbia Lost. Okay, cool. Which is a, a series on my website. Suburbia Lost. All right, and that get, puts me in mind of a, of a good playout song for the interview. Great. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks, Ronnie. Thanks for doing. And then we'll have to do a uh, do the uh, defunct sports teams next yeah. time. All defunct sports teams, not just they, the comments and stingers. Yeah, this great, is man. Awesome. I love what you guys. Well, do. Th thanks for taking the time. Yeah. Ronnie Salerno. Find his amazing blog at queencitydiscovery.blogspot.com. And Ronnie was previously on episode 26, if you want to go back and check that out. Jim Scott was on episode 62. At the end of that episode, we talked about the Cincinnati Comets, so uh, it all comes together. It's all like synchronicity, as Sting said. 
If you're liking what you're hearing, feel free to donate to the podcast via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com to do so. And if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, just drop us an email at that same email address, podcast at cincyshirts.com, and put podcast guest in the subject line, and then they'll uh, direct it to the right person, uh, usually me, Josh, or Darren, and we'll uh, try to track down that person and try to get them on the show. So be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show as well, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. And as always, if you haven't already, go back and plunder those Cincy Shirts podcast archives for interviews with uh, Matt Bischoff from Survivor and Bill Donabedian, the guy that founded Books Bunbury, John Keyswetter, Amy Yazbek, Johnny Bench, the aforementioned Jim Scott, uh, Mo Egger, Finn Rock, Frank Marzullo. Tons and tons of folks have been on. Go back and listen to them all. Uh, today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find all of their music in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. We have a lot of defunct uh, sports teams, old shopping centers, restaurants, radio stations, maybe things that are abandoned now, who knows. Uh, all for those cities, like Cincy Shirts, you know, but for those towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is Suburbia Lost, so you can go ahead and use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or you can come into one of our brick-and-mortar stores and over the Rhine, Hyde Park, or Loveland and say that, and you will get 20% off your entire order as well. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Give us a review wherever you get the podcast from. Share it with your friends, and as always, download or stream us next time. Bye! I said goodbye. I wish I said goodbye.